Welcome to Data Protection Gumbo, episode 16, and I am your host, Demetrius Malbro. And today on Data Protection Gumbo, I have the pleasure of speaking with Ed Walsh, CEO of Catalogic Software. Mr. Walsh has over 25 years of storage industry experience. He is an industry leader known for his strong track record, establishing emerging companies as market leaders, creating new market segments, driving effective go-to-market strategies and developing strong partner ecosystems, who has led 100% of his endeavors to exponential growth. Welcome to the gumbo, Ed. How are you? <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, very gracious introduction. So, uh, most of that is true, uh, <laughs> but thank you very much. Not a problem. Let's go ahead and start with a brief overview of Catalogic, if you don't mind. Yeah, let's just do high level. So Catalogix is in the uh, copy data management software space. So we talk about our in-place copy data management. Um, but uh, let me explain that a little bit. But as far as a company, we're a U.S.-based company. We're based in Woodcliffe Lake, New Jersey. We have offices around the U.S. and into Europe. Um, we have about a thousand clients worldwide, um, 24 issued patents in this particular space, which we'll go through in a second. And we have kind of two products. We have a product called DPX, which is our data protection product, and ECX, which is our enterprise copy data management product, which is probably what we'll talk about mostly today will be ECX. Okay. And then if I was going to give you maybe a synopsis, it would be um, for people with enterprise storage um, infrastructures like EMC, IBM, NetApp, VMware, um, we drive IT modernization. And for enterprises that have this enterprise storage, they're looking to modernize their infrastructure through self-service, automation, drive more efficiency, but also to be more responsive to the demands of some of these newer use cases like DevOps automation, hybrid cloud automation. Um, that's what we provide. In fact, Catalogic Software provides a non-disruptive solution uh, for these enterprise storage accounts to allow you to do self-service very quickly. So self-service provisioning, where the storage team keeps complete control, but you're able to do self-service. You can do things like automated DR, test dev, or automated um, uh, analytics. But you can also do this in a hybrid cloud automation or in a private cloud. And then what we're seeing more and more is the same automation allows you to be very effective in a DevOps automation environment. And then in general, if I was going to put a fine point on it, um, all these things are available non-disruptively. We install our software and environments agentlessly, register your environments. All our competitors make you do some sort of rip and replace, move your storage. And our whole mantra is in place. You, have, okay. you bought your stuff for good reason. Why change it? We add our capabilities on top of your existing environment, if that makes sense. That's why we use non-disrupted. Okay, sure. That that's great. So so it sounds like there I guess are a broad range of use cases that that you address and what would you say are some of the primary challenges you are addressing for your customers? Yeah, no, good question. Um so most people don't have a copy data they don't come to us I have a copy data management problem. Um it's just a term of how we once you understand what we do it made some sense, but uh people come to us with different I would say conversations, but one is that I would put it under the envelope of IT modernization. They're trying to take their infrastructure and modernize it to do more efficiency, more automation, more self-service. And, and the conversation is kind of – one of the big ones is this concept of bimodal IT. Uh, this is a okay. Gartner term. Not to – we can cover it if you want. But basically, right. it's, a, it's really this idea that uh, with the new workloads coming out, um, you have to have two modes of uh, operation, bimodal. And one is your traditional IT that mm, is known for reliability, cost effectiveness, and, um, and uptime, not necessarily agility. 
And you need to optimize that to free up dollars for this other environment that you're able to move very fast, quick cycle times. And this is what you're going to find in the cloud or in DevOps, right? So even in enterprise, okay. you end up with bimodal. The other one we do get into a lot is DevOps um, for environments, small and large. And we're seeing it more and more in the enterprise. This idea of um, quickly doing iterative um, release of code. So instead of doing a, a software, even an enterprise, like you know, a major bank trying to do a, a mobile app, they used to be able to do their applications every six months release or a year release. Now they're trying to do literally weekly, daily. So how do you do this quick DevOps, which is a lot of development mixed with operations, automation, and how do you do that with your infrastructure? And then cloud's the other big one because uh, – a couple of years ago, it was like, why should I do that in enterprise? Or, hey, there's some risk there. Now it's more, hey, I got to get to it. Um, how do I get to it and keep in, you know, at an extension of my IT? So we, we see kind of those things. I think the bimodal is probably the most where people say, I, I just need to solve this issue without building two very separate environments. But IT modernization, maybe that's long-winded, but <laughs> IT modernization <laughs> is kind of what people are struggling with this. And they say, how do I drive this automation efficiency and, you know, operational efficiency? Right, right. It it makes a lot of sense here. And so I guess bimodal is indeed a hot topic. And I've seen it, you know, probably maybe last last month, a month or so. And so I guess even, you know, if people aren't really aren't really using that term, then they're struggling with the different needs for IT and the resulting problem of having more than one IT environment to manage, as you as you just mentioned. So let, let me ask a follow up question, Ed. Um, how do you define bimodal IT, and you know what's really causing it? Uh, okay, good question. So I'll try to defer. It's a Gartner term. <clears throat> Not that they would get mad at me for using it, but the way they would define it, and then but it, I'll kind of explain how I see it coming from customers to me is. Uh, but Gartner will say uh, you you're living in this bimodal world where two modes by you know two modes of operation, and on mode one. Um, would be reliable data center IT, what you'll say traditional IT. And uh, that mode of operation is made for rock-solid reliability. Uh, yeah, you worry about price performance, but it's a lot about cost containment, scale. Um, uh, but it's not, flexibility is not its number one thing, right? So change mm-hmm. is slow in that environment for good reason. Uh, so that would be mode one, traditional IT. And then what they're saying is the world's moving pretty fast, and you have these new right. workloads, and specifically DevOps and cloud use cases that they just can't live in the same cycle time. So, um, in fact, these different environments will actually say, I don't care about infrastructure. And they don't mean it in a bad way, but they just need to be able to manipulate the environment quickly. Um, you know, Amazon's the good example of, you know, I put my credit card in, I, I do a simple API called a string of code, and I bring up an environment and I tear it back down and I can, right. and that's very important for them that it's an idea of taking software iteratively through a test process and quick cycle times. They're trying to release code weekly or so often they'll do a sprint. So, but the thing is that mode, mode two is all about infrastructure's code, APIs up and down. It's all about cycle time. And of course those two worlds <laughs> yeah. just never meet. So what we find a lot is we have conversations about how do you, bridge those two. So what's missing from mode one? So you buy, you know, so we help people with enterprise storage. So people that have IBM NetApp, uh, EMC storage or VMware storage, basically this is in enterprise class storage. Why can't you be agile? What's the challenge? It really, it's a data management problem. 
So what we do is we talk about, well, we help you bridge it. And this is where we'll, we'll bridge it into how in-place copy data management gives you. But if you think about it, uh, we're allowing you to abstract out the complexity of what stores. So it doesn't matter EMC, IBM, NetApp, VMware, but it also doesn't matter if you have a mix of EMC and, you know, because there's more than one EMC platform or if you have a mix of IBM. I don't care if you, you know, store-wise SVC, um, uh, the Flash V9000 or NetApp, but you have a mix. You deal with the heterogeneous complexity, which helps the storage team modernize, gets them out of the, you know, mundane scripting, but also gives them broad-based automation, um, things like, uh, you know, automated DR or test dev. The best analogy I'll give you this is when VMware came out, they did this on servers. So how did they take servers? Um, they basically took away the complexity. They gave you this abstraction layer. But what they did is allowed you to do this broad-based automation, templates, and API to drive okay. things. Now, we're not. it's not a perfect analogy, but uh, right now the state of uh, issue with IT is they actually literally script all these different environments and they have to maintain these scripts. What we do is give you a data management platform, works agentlessly. We just talked to the public APIs, but we abstract it out. We give you this automation that takes a lot of these mundane tasks. We give you the idea of templates and then basically a governance to track an API. So for the IT modernization piece, we give them the ability to do self-service, right? So change nothing. You set up templates. So you're still in charge. It gets all the value of your underlying enterprise software, enterprise storage you have, but you're able to do templates, provision quickly, but a role-based access, now you're able to do self-service if you so choose, but you keep complete control because you you tell people what they can see and also what they can do and what they, well, to be honest, what they can't see or can't do. And then you get this SLA of instead of scripts where you do all this work and I hope it worked or, you know, scripts don't check scripts too well. This, the platform gives you an idea of what's your SLA, meeting your SLAs, and more importantly, when you're out of SLA on a particular workload. So that we're, that helps okay. the modernization. But then the re- way it bridges is – so that allows you to be more efficient, kind of what Gartner's saying, be more efficient, automated, self-service to free up dollars for this other, in a, you know, innovative group. But – um, you really do want to address this DevOps of these developers that want to move quickly, and just they need to do uh, infrastructure as code, bring up environments and tear down environments at scale and at will. And and we'll talk about it. it's not even a human doing this; they have automation software to automate that. So it's a very quick cycle time. So they're doing these daily, or you know, they want to do them hourly. The key thing is that you can't really do this. They're forced because IT. Well, okay. Provisioning storage in enterprise, if you ask people, it typically takes around three mm-hmm. or four weeks. If you talk to a, a Gartner IDC, they'll say best practice, best in the world, three to four days. Okay. Either one is completely not appropriate for a DevOps environment. You know, they need to do things on a literally one tape and an API call and do it. So they're forced to go away from traditional IT. But what we do, the same abstraction layer, the same templates, role-based access, now we can do the exact uh, let the mode two guys, the DevOps team or DevOps software, more importantly, do a simple API call, bring up an environment, and more importantly, tear it down at will and at scale. So the the IT team gets IT modernization, templates, automation, abstraction, and the app team allows them to do infrastructure as code, API calls, simple API. Don't change the way you deal with me. I'll make it work. So the best way to stop this shadow IT problem is to simply give the developers what they need, which is simple API calls to set up and tear down environments, which is, with our software, very easy. 
about 15 minutes to set up. Within an hour, you literally can set up DevOps without changing your enterprise storage, um, but you get this modernization. So hopefully I went from my modal is this concept of these two worlds can't work together. Um, and what we do with our software is bridge it. So a lot of the reasons they don't work together, we solve. I'm not saying we solve all the things of why you would go to Amazon, but most okay. of the reasons is the development process can't simply work in the traditional IT. But if you can make it work, then there might be other reasons. I'm not, I think it's undeniable going to cloud, but I can make your traditional IT as responsive uh, as an Amazon, and that's very attractive. But without this data management layer, you, you're stuck with these two worlds. I don't know if that makes sense of, one, what we're hearing, yeah, but it, kind of also it, it how makes, we fit into it, right? It, it makes a lot of sense. And, and Ed, you're, you're kind of answering all of my questions before I even get a chance to ask them. So well, by all means, keep, keep, keep going. It's, it's great stuff. <laughs> no, well, well, in general, this is the conversation we're having. So maybe I take maybe one more level down, right? So okay. if you're a uh, you know, enterprise storage account, right? So you have EMC, IBM, NetApp storage or VMware, it doesn't matter, but the enterprise right. storage account. So, you know, and I'll, we can give you a roadmap, but that's, you know, what we support today. Um, what we're able to do is you install our software in your environment um, and it's agentlessly deployed. So it's a virtual machine in the environment. You literally just have to register your components. So register where your public APIs are, right? So register your storage res, register your hypervisors, um, and it doesn't matter what you have. What we're from there, what we're able to do is that's what I mean by agentlessly. No data goes okay. through us, um, and we use the term in play. So don't right. move what you have. You have your storage. We catalog it and then give you automation. But the use cases you get, literally without changing anything in your production, is um, imagine doing self service for your app team or administrative team. So. You know, whatever your provisioning cycle is, um, three or four weeks, or maybe you're world-class in a couple days, what if you could get yourself out of that and you set up templates, role-based access once, and and let your admins or development teams do their own provisioning and storage? Just think of the yeah. time that will save you, but also you get out of the way of the developers. And the biggest complaint of developers is just what takes so long? And that's a simple one. It seems simple, but it's like most, boy, that's a no-brainer. And it doesn't matter if you have multiple different platforms. We take care of that complexity behind the scenes. Um, but you're still in charge with the templates. The other use case would be uh, just make it easier for the storage admin, right? So the same templates, but without role-based access. So in other words, you don't give the templates out to people. You just, In fact, you don't tell people you have this new tool. You do templates, right. and it's just easier. And Templates allow you to set it up once, uh, losing no advanced features. You set them up, but once you set them up quickly, a couple minutes apiece, now you can deploy it, and every single time it's deployed the same way. Also about using these templates is, to be honest, um, when you do it with scripts or a GUI, it's hard to know what did you set up in the last two years that are still working or, or out of compliance, and it's very easy in this platform to get that. So. We'll say the second use case is just, hey, don't tell the end users you have this tool and just take Fridays off, ha, 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 right? Exactly. But, but you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, just, <laughs> we call it easy storage management, right? Uh, and it's heterogeneous across NetApp, IBM, and EMC. Um, okay. The third use case is think about um, how to automate. So what we're automating is your copy. So we're in, we're, we do IT modernization through in-place copy damage. So in-place means we won't change it, but... What is the copy that I mentioned is how you set it up and maintain it over time. But now that you have these copies, and so 
let's say you're an uh, IBM shop um, and you have uh, – and same thing for NetApp and EMC, but you have a copy of data in City A. You're using their replication to go to City B where you're doing that for DR purposes or other resiliency purposes. Um, what do you do with the copy in the second site? And the answer is, every time I pause, it's a, I don't do anything. Uh, and the key thing is you don't know exactly what it is, and you don't really want to touch it. Now, it's there for DR or other things, but what we do is we simply put that second copy to work. So we know through our catalog what is the lineage and location. So we know that the primary is a primary, right? So you might not want to touch that. Even if you do a snapshot off it, yeah, let's not touch that. So we'll let you know that. But then there's a copy locally, you know, if you do a local replica or a remote replica, like a snap mirror or global mirror. I'm using all the terminology from the enterprise guys. But now you have a copy. All we do is simply make copies of those and spin up workloads. And then what we do is because we're also talking to the hypervisor, we'll spin up a, you know, a fenced network environment, bring up okay. VMs in a particular order because you know, it matters that they have to come up a particular order. Last good snapshot in a fenced network. So in other words, doesn't step on production human or system go after it. So what do I mean by orchestration? We do this orchestration automation to bring up these environments and bring them back down. And the use case would be DR. I mean, we're doing daily DR for people. Uh, or you can do weekly, but gone are the days of those unsuccessful DR weekends. Um, and then test dev would be the same thing. Any use case for how do I get you know near real-time data access but without impacting my production environment, we allow you to automate the test dev is a good one. And then DevOps, we'll get to in a second, but that's a real use case. But this makes a lot of – it just makes you much more agile with, again, not changing what you're doing. It, the, the in place, which is non-disruptive, is a key message there. Um, okay. The fourth would be a lot of people use snapshots, um, remote snapshots right. as recovery, right? You got a problem. Ah. Correct. You know, I hope I have a snapshot. We just make it easier to use those snapshots. So simple things like uh, our catalog so you can find the right snapshot um, or single file, right? So uh, doing whole environments is easy with snapshots, but I only want to bring up back a file. We allow you to do that with our capabilities. The compliance, you know, if you're getting away from traditional backup and just using snapshots, well, do you have a reporting like backup, what didn't backup last night? So do you have a compliance report of, yeah, you're you're good or, hey, for this applications you know, your SLA wasn't met last night. You need to, you've got a hole there if you had an outage. So that, we basically augment, but you're using your storage and all its capability to be basically be, we use the term next generation data protection uh, and recovery. And that's more, can augment backup, but also some people okay. are using it as, I'm getting out of backup, but this is how we do it. Um, so, and then cloud is a big one. How do you do all this automation right. in cloud? You know, how do I, how do I extend? And, you know, that's probably a big topic. And then DevOps is the other one. DevOps is, um, yeah, I kind of cover it in a little bit detail, but those are the other right. two use cases that are, boy, I'm, I, I don't know exactly how to get there, and we make it pretty simple and automated to get there. Okay, so so you, you're not trying to actually replace backup software. You're just trying to give, I guess, the organization a more holistic view of all the copies that they have out there and help them to better manage and orchestrate those copies. Is that correct? Yeah, and by the way, this is a religious conversation. So I've been in backup SDR my whole <laughs> life. So let's, I was also CEO. So I. I was CEO of a company called Avamar, right? So right, uh, which right. is I sold the EMC. So I get backup completely. Uh, the reason we say kind of it's it's a way to augment, but people, I would say, ten percent of the world, and this is I think IDC. Don't quote me. I think it's ten or eight percent of the world does this today. They don't do traditional backup recovery. They use their snapshot and replicas to be their only operational recovery. 
and they used a cloud or tape for archive only. Um, and that's supposed to increase at 25%. But what I'm saying here is you already do replica snapshots in your environment anyway. You probably do backup anyway. I'm not trying to convince you to stop backing up, but would you like to make it easier to use your snapshot and replicas to yeah. recover? And the answer is typically yes, right? Yeah. Um, and then you can decide, and it's a religious battle. You know, I'm not trying to take tapes away from anyone. Uh, so, But so, it's yeah. complimentary. It's not uh, – but people are using it to say, hey, this is what I need, the catalog, the uh, governance. That's what's missing from these platforms so that, I, you know, my auditors allow me to go away from backup. But that's a small percentage. Does that make sense? I mean – Amen. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's more complimentary. And again, I'm a backup guy, so I, I, if I and insult so anyone, I. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no not, not at all. Because I don't want to get in the battle. Is a snapshot a backup or a backup? You know, okay, I get it. Yeah, right. So uh, we don't want to go there. <laughs> right, we don't want to go there. Right. No, we we don't. But I, I I did see that that you guys had a big announcement this week uh, with IBM. Can you tell us a little bit about that, Ed? Yeah. So um, so our strategy, and you can kind of see it from the messages. There's other people who are going to do similar things um, that are going to say, take your storage off your current platforms and put it on my platform, and I'll give you these great use cases. You know, there's whole, you know, I'll call it disruptive. It's, you know, you're, you bought EMC NetApp IBM storage. That sucks. Move it to my platform, and it's, you know, the grass is greener. We're the polar opposite. We're saying, listen, it's a data management problem. Um, that's why we keep on saying we're in place. We're the only in-place copy data management. We don't make you move it. We use it. So our whole strategy is to say, listen, we're going to be collaborative and partner with the storage that you already bought or plan to buy. Now, we currently support NetApp, IBM, and EMC, BNX, right, and others, and dot, dot, dot. We'll give you the whole roadmap. But So our play is to be collaborative. So what we announced with IBM, but we're also partners with NetApp, EMC, but what we announced with IBM is IBM's having the same conversation about IT modernization. Now, okay. their conversation goes into how do you bring uh, system record and system innovation together and make it work better together, and that's where we fit in really well. And also, our collaborative nature, uh, which all these guys like, and most of the end user, if you think about it, okay, you can do this without ripping and replacing. You can do this without kind of changing my uh, whole infrastructure, and the answer is yes. So basically the announcement was um, they're one of our partners, um, and they basically wanted to get the message out of you can take our existing infrastructure. So if you're a store-wise customer or an SVC customer, um, a Spectrum virtualized customer, uh, okay. they're all Flash V9000. Uh, they have VersaStack. They also have Spectrum Protect Snapshots and Flash Copy Manager. So they have a very wide portfolio, but we support right. all those. So all the use cases I just went through, if you are on those platforms, you add our software, you're up and running. And it's very synergistic with what they're trying to do for the client. And by the way, none of the vendors we deal with have a competitive product. It's not like this is okay. what they have. So what we announced with them is a, it's our relationship. We announced, in fact, if you go to our website, you can watch the uh, the live um, video feed, or it's not live anymore, recorded. But basically, it's me and Bina Hallman. Uh, Bina Hallman is the uh, VP of um, Software-Defined Storage, and okay. um, both of the software and hardware side. And she was basically, it, it's a perfect way to see how they both fit. And then we did a live demo on the hybrid cloud with, in this case, it was software. It also works mm -hmm. with Amazon. But we right. showed how, Hey, you're an IBM storage shop. Simply extend one of your relationships, mirroring, which is very simple, 
and I'll do automatic DR and soft layer is what you'll see. But we can do the exact same thing in Amazon. And then we did DevOps where you can say install and now use your existing infrastructure. So what we announced with them is basically it was more just bringing it to life and bringing it to their client sets. Um, and the live demos were where we get all the tweets, right? So you can actually do this. It's that simple. And just to, to be right. clear, we also go on our website. You can download the software for 30 days um, and use it. Um, the key thing is it's, it, it is that simple to use. It's that non-disruptive. Uh, but that's what we announced yesterday. It was on a, uh, okay. a live webcast. If you go to our website, catalogicsoftware.com, it is catalogicsoftware.com, um, you can look at either the live link or do a demo or a whole bunch of different information. Fantastic. So I, I also downloaded a an IT modernization red book as well. So that's that's coming out and that's out there for everyone to download as well. Is that yeah. correct? Oh yeah, I, that's an uh, yeah. I should have said so. IBM also announced this red book, which is a detailed like how to guide, step by step, but also oh, yeah. the use cases. So yeah, that's uh, that's out. Also, they did a couple of white papers with the B nine thousand software. So yeah, and if you go to our website, um, we'll make it very easy for you to get all those materials. So again, okay. catalogicsoftware.com. Sometimes people want catalogic. It is catalogicsoftware.com. So. Fantastic. So I, I will spend some time reading that, that red book. I've already downloaded it, so it, it will be reading uh, for this weekend, light reading for this weekend, I guess. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Um, and so you, you've also mentioned how, I guess, um, the Data Protection Gumbo listeners can learn more about Catalogic software. Um, you gave the website. Anything else that you would like to provide uh, no, for our listeners? No, thank you. Uh, hey, uh, engage with us. Uh, we have you can get direct to our sales team, but uh, whatever you want to do, I, I think this is kind of a, a, a needed move in the data management space. The, in the last fifteen years, no one gave you a good data management product. You're kind of scripting everything. Right. Not that scripting's bad, but it's like, whoa, how do we get here? And we can help you dramatically, but also we go out of our way. You know, we keep on saying in place, but literally non-disruptively, we allow you to do this. So just take us up. And by the way, I think we're, we're good for the word and we'll make it easy for you to check it out. And if it's not as easy as we say, you know, it's easy to move on. So, uh, but yeah, please engage with us. And by the way, thanks for including us on your podcast. I, I enjoy it. So thank you. You're welcome, Ed. Um, it, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. And um, I just want to kind of continue on with uh, what we're doing in the community and the industry as a whole, because there, like you said, there are not a lot of platforms where um, you have um, individuals such as myself that are kind of, you know, like backup and recovery gurus out here right. uh, having conversations about this and, and really being kind of up to date on what the latest and greatest technology is, is out there, IoT, Internet of Things, yeah. sensors, big yeah. data, artificial intelligence, um, and cryptocurrency, right? Bitcoin, yeah. you yeah. know, the list goes on. Everything is turning digital. And, you know, our children, you know, that's, you know, they're Skyping and they're yeah. Snapchatting and they're on, well, they don't like Facebook that much, but right. they, they, they really love Snapchat. You know, my, my daughters love Snapchat. Oh, Dad, you're old. You know, you're on Facebook. You're not on Facebook. <laughs> Try to explain life without the Internet. That was the one thing. What? You know, or cell phone. I have two teenage daughters, so I am comp- okay. I'm living a parallel life to you. So, yes, I agree. But right, I, right. I agree. I think the platform's fantastic. So let us know what we can do, and I'm on I'm on your list. So. I, I appreciate that, Ed. Well, yes, we, we are out of time. Thank you for coming on the show, and I look forward to having you back in the future. Thank you very much. Alrighty, Thank you. I want to thank you for listening. 
I welcome your feedback on iTunes and ask that you provide a rating and share with your peers. Please follow me on Twitter at DMalbro and connect with me on LinkedIn. Together we will be able to add to the innovation of storing data more efficiently and smarter. Have a great week.